Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where our goal is helping others delight in Christ for the sake of becoming more like Christ with the hope of multiplying disciples of Christ. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the very last episode of our spring series. It feels so weird saying that because I have loved all of the conversations we've had so much, and it's really hard to believe that it's coming to a close. Um, This season has been packed with so much wisdom from people from so many different ministries, but the cool thing about it all has been seeing how everyone has had the same heart for disciple making. Everyone has been super passionate about it. They've taken the Great Commission personally. They've learned a lot from trying to make disciples in their own life and just living in obedience to the Lord. So I'm so glad that we got to hear from all of them. But today, I am so excited about this final podcast because I think that it would only be fitting to interview someone who embodies everything that we've been talking about so far. Um, Someone who has taken the Great Commission personally, someone who doesn't work in vocational ministry and yet is making disciples in her own personal life, um, and really just leveraging her life to make a spiritual difference in the lives of others. So... I have with me today Crystal San Gregory. She is a member at Coastal and she owns a CrossFit gym here in Galveston. And I'm super excited for this conversation. So, Crystal, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. What an introduction, too. I'm like, <laughs> wow, are you really talking about me? Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. Crystal, uh, tell the people just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, my husband and I own CrossFit Galveston, and we've had it for about um, eight years. And um, I've been a member at Coastal for about the same time. <laughs> And um, I have two kids, Lily and Noah. Lily's five and Noah is three. And that is my (laughs) world right now. CrossFit and my kids. And yep, that is what I'm doing. That's awesome. Um, So Crystal, I asked the same question for everyone new on my podcast. So what is your favorite smell? <laughs> Mine is coffee. Oh, I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. With my my world, I need <laughs> lots of coffee. <laughs> it sounds like it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for being here and yeah. talking about your life and just being open and vulnerable and sharing your heart with us. So like I said before, um, this is going to be just a personal testimony of what God's done in your life and what your life has looked like after you met Jesus. And so I just want to open it up for you to share your testimony. Um, So go ahead and share what God's done in your life. Okay. So um, uh, before God, I um, grew up in a household where um, my mom, um, when she had me, she knew she needed Jesus. She knew she needed something because <laughs> um, her and my dad um, kind of lived a little bit wild. And um, so she knew she needed the Lord. And so she stepped over the line of faith. And um, then uh, she started walking with the Lord. And um, she 
put me in all things church. Like mm. we were going to Sunday school, we were doing <laughs> youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being young and like feeling the Lord's presence, like mm-hmm. knowing that um, there is a God. And, um, you know, I, once I started getting into adolescence, I started um, drinking and kind of partying a little bit. And I remember feeling like, oh, this is not mm. the way God wants us to live. Uh, but um, I remember going to a youth uh, camp and I came home and I was on fire for the Lord. And I was like, man, I could live. I could live for him and like be like this all the time. Um, or I could live for myself. And mm. I remember um, having that pull of like feeling like um, the world was really pulling on me. Mm. And I remember it like there was a fork in the road. I remember mm. um, the day I remember where I was at. I remember like like the Holy Spirit talking to me and I like shut it off. Like mm. I like turned hard to the left like I turned the wrong way Mm. and um I started drinking more and partying and um with that lifestyle comes you know consequences Mm -hmm. and so I was like sneaking out a lot and getting into a lot of trouble and um There was one night my parents went out of town and I went with these older guys to a, um, they said that they were going to get us into this club and, um, we ended up going back to their house and, um, I was separated from my friends and I ended up being, um, sexually assaulted. Mm Um, and, uh, So from there, um, I went to my boss the night, the, the next day and, um, a boss that I was working at Papacitos and she called the police and, um, I, uh, went and, uh, did the rape kit and all that kind of stuff. And, Mm. um, my parents asked me, they were like, do you want to press charges? And I was like, yes, you know, I don't want this ever happening to another girl. Mm -hmm. So, um, we did, went through all that, went to court and, um, there ended up being not enough evidence to, Mm -hmm. um, prosecute him. So, um, at that point I became very angry mm-hmm. and, um, just mad at like, like here I was like trying to do the right thing. And, um, I, I had a lot of pain. So in that assault, um, there was a lot of traumatic, uh, I was physically, emotionally, I had shame, from living the way I was living um, was it my fault like all mm. this stuff and I was so young yeah I didn't know how to um deal with it so um I knew what numbed it though mm. I knew that the alcohol numbed it mm-hmm. 
And um, at that point, I just started drinking all the time. Uh, I I had found my friend, my comforter, and it was in drugs and alcohol. And um, I tried to go to college, and um, then I got there, and I started, you know, I would do, I would do a little better, and then I would fall off, and I would do a little better, and I would fall off, and that just became my life. Mm. It became this vicious cycle of like. Here I am. Okay, here, let me try to do this on my own and I'll get better. Or I would go to jail or, Mm. you know, and I would be like, God, you know, get me out of this mess. Mm. And um, but then I would go right back to it. Mm. So I would give it to him and then I'd go right back to it. Um, But once you're like in um, addiction, you cannot like get out of it. Mm. Like you start doing it a little bit and all of a sudden it like consumes your life and you cannot get out of it. Mm. So um, at that point I was uh, drinking all the time. I was using drugs. Um, My mom had like completely given up hope on me Mm. with me. Um, And I had, given up hope on myself too. I hated the person I had become the darkness. I had been living in darkness. Um, the things I was doing, I was stealing, lying. Um, I had done some really awful, awful things and, um, gone to rehab, gone to jail. Um, my next stop was death. And I knew that and so, um, a couple times, like I was one time I was high and I was riding in the car with somebody and I had just given up hope and I opened up the door and I fell out and the guy that was driving the car had to go get me out of the ditch and go drop me off at my mom's house. And, um, another time, uh, I had just given up was, um, towards the end, uh, I had been on like a, a week long binger of just like drugs and terrible. Um, and I was living at this girl's house and, um, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I want to die. Like I'm living in hell. Mm. And I, um, made the decision that I was going to kill myself that I was going to walk up to the top of the building that we were staying in at the time. And uh, I was going to jump off the top. And I had walked outside and gone through the parking lot. And at that same moment, um, my boyfriend at the time came and got me and threw me in the car. And I believe right then it was, I now I know it was divine intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up like three days later from that and I had been given the gift of desperation. Like I was Mm. so desperate. Um, And in that moment, I surrendered. I said, God, I need you. Mm. I need you. I can't do this. I have to have another way because I'm going to die. And... Um, in that surrender is 
um, what changed my life. I, um, I had never gone two weeks without doing drugs or alcohol and, um, God removed the addiction from me and he, uh, my mom's friend was in a rehab. Her, her daughter was in a rehab and, um, they said there is a bed available if you can wait for two weeks. And I had never gone two weeks sober and God had removed the, um, want for the drugs and alcohol for Mm. two weeks so I could make it in that bed, um, in that rehab. And, um, while I was there, I knew something had changed. Like I knew I was like the happiest person (laughs) in there. I was like, this is it. This is, you know, this is God's got me. And like, this is going to be different. And because I knew that, like, I needed him, like I knew that um, at that point, like I couldn't do it on my own. Like I needed him and he just kept opening up doors after in like putting people in, in, in my way. Um, I, uh, got out of rehab and started going to AA and I met this girl that, um, she just had like so much joy and, um, she was like, Hey, I own this CrossFit gym. Do you want to come and like start doing CrossFit with me? And I was like, still like smoking cigarettes and like <laughs> really unhealthy. And, um, I was like, sure. Okay. And she loved the Lord and she loved Jesus. And at that time I was like, you know, like, God, whoever you are, like, I'm hungry for you. Please put people in my way that, mm. that show me your way. Mm. And, um, man, he, the only people that liked me or like wanted <laughs> to talk to me were people that loved Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, that is so crazy. Yeah. Like, and I was like, these people are all like, Jesus freaks and like, (laughs) but they're the only people that liked me. And it Mm -hmm. was, it was so like, I, and I had been so like dirty and shameful and just like, you know, in, in these people that were at the CrossFit gym and there was people that loved Jesus and they would accept me for who I was. Like Mm -hmm. they invited me places and like asked me to come hang out with them and um Mm. this one girl uh katie she uh she knew that um richie and i loved crossfit so much we were like okay we want to move to galveston and open up a gym in galveston and um she was like that's crazy because i went to uh lsu with this guy that is opening a church there and about the same time mm-hmm. and his name is Aaron you need to go meet him because <laughs> he's, he's she said he's super cool he like words flip-flops while he preaches <laughs> yep. and um it's really laid back and I was like okay that's my kind of vibe I can go there mm-hmm. and um I met Aaron and Holly um when we moved to Galveston and and the Lord, I had never had a calling on my life. Um, 
when we were crossfitting in Friendswood, the Lord put that calling on my life, like move to Galveston and open up a gym. And I was like, mm. God, how? Like, <laughs> I, I have nothing. I have no money. I have, you know, how? But he was like, I'm going to make a way. And so we moved to Galveston and that's when we met Aaron and Holly mm-hmm. and they discipled us. They mm-hmm. um, just took uh, Richie and I underneath their wing and like um, we hung out with them all the time. And like Holly and Aaron would work out with us. This is before we had a gym mm-hmm. and um, we would go to um, Menard Park mm-hmm. and work out there. That was like the gym before the gym and um every we started going to coastal and then like everybody when we opened finally opened up the gym everybody that went to coastal went to the gym so like (laughs) we had a built-in yeah gym like we had a built-in family so um that was really really cool Mm. um in since then like God has done so much with that. Like our gym is um, me and my friend Aubrey laugh because she's um, a trainer at the gym. And she also struggled with the same thing. Mm -hmm. I went through drugs and all that. And she's um, been, uh, she's living in freedom from the the Lord gave her freedom. But um, we call it our gymistry. Our gym is our Mm. gymistry. Like we love to love on people and um, walk with people through hard things through fun things um we do a worship wad there um where you come and you work out and then we do like a little bible study after and we've seen people saved mm. and like their lives awesome. la- radically change mm. um so man yeah. that's amazing yeah. i just want to say thank you so much for sharing that on here and for being open and vulnerable. I know that's not difficult. I I know that's not easy to do. It's difficult to do. Um, and you know, I was listening to your story and obviously you have like a very powerful testimony, but when you said that you had like got the gift of desperation, wow, that stuck out to me. Um, and I love how you phrase that. Because a lot of times I think that, you know, we look at situations like that, like rock bottom, you have no hope as not a gift. But through that, the Lord was able to call you into his presence and into his love. And that is a gift. Mm -hmm. That is a gift that he gave you the ability to see him so much more clearer through everything you went through. That's amazing. And wow, praise the Lord for everything he's done in your life. Yeah. He's amazing. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The blessings and the brokenness. Yeah, oh, yeah. That before. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So since you've started your relationship with the Lord, what are some things that you've done to help you personally grow your relationship with him spiritually? Um. So what I Every morning, um, I wake up and I get my coffee (laughs) and, um, I know I need an hour. Mm -hmm. Like I need an hour, just me and God. Mm -hmm. Um, even if 
my life looks super crazy. I have to, have to, have to spend that time with him Mm. because he's the only one that's going to help me get through anything, any situation that is to come. And, um, some days I'm like, man, I, I don't do that perfectly. Like there's some days where I like hit snooze. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I, um, I know that I need him every day. And also I love worship music. Like Mm -hmm. I really get a lot from music. And so I put on music and um, that helps me a lot too. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so important because you've, you know that you need the Lord and you've prioritized that time with him. And I think that's something that we've talked a lot about in the, our last season is how do I prioritize time for the Lord? Um, just me and him. And it really is a testament. Like you're living that out and you know it to be true. Um, That's awesome. You had mentioned in your story that God called you to open up a gym here and you have your gymistry now. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how God has used that to help you make disciples in your life and to help you leverage your life and your, um, your career essentially for the sake of the gospel? Yeah. So, um, I thought I was going to be opening up this gym and, like, um, I would be helping people, like, get healthy. And, um, but it's been, like, so much more than that. It's Mm. been, um, there's so many things that I'm just like, okay, God, what are we doing today? (laughs) And he just shows me these, um, awesome plans, um, my favorite uh, stories is um, my friend Aubrey. She, um, I knew her in her addiction, and then um, she went to prison for a while, and then came back. And when she came back, she came to Coastal and had an ankle ankle monitor on, mm. and um, she was like, "Okay, what do I do?" And I was like, "Okay, you just follow me. Let's go." <laughs> yeah. And I have watched, like, I know what God has done in my own life, mm-hmm. but to watch it through somebody else is like, there's nothing like it. Right. There's nothing like watching someone else get it. Mm. Yeah. And like, mm. that has been so helpful to me. Yeah. So... That's awesome. You kind of got to take her under your wing. Yeah. And you got to, you got to be a front row seat in what God was doing in her life. Yes. And like now she coaches at our gym, but also she like leads people to Jesus like Mm. all the time. That's so awesome. It's amazing to watch. Yeah. What did that look like? Um, What did, what did you do with her that helped her? come to a better understanding of who God is and just grow in her relationship like what did that look like um I just did life with her like yeah we just did life together yeah um we prayed a lot Mm. um I we you know showed up and Mm -hmm. um 
you know, and also like, I never like told her like what she needs to do. Mm. I just would be like, okay, this is what I've done. This is what the Lord has done for me. And that's really, I think, powerful, like living it out and showing people like this is, you know, this is what God is. And Mm -hmm. like, this is what God's done for me is so much more powerful. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And that's kind of what we've been talking about so far is making disciples isn't something that is a little um, time slot in your calendar. It's your entire calendar. It's your life. You leverage your life and you do life with people. Mm -hmm. And that's where God uses you. And that's so beautiful. And that is also, I've had a lot of times say like, God, let me see these people. Like, let me see the person that you want me Mm -hmm. to speak to today. Yeah. like let me get out of myself and mm. um put that person right in front of me mm. and he does that's like, awesome <laughs> he does he'll put whoever he needs to speak with right in front of you and right sometimes you're like oh okay now I get it God sorry <laughs> like, okay I get it yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. no I love that and I'm really glad that you said you know I just did life with them and because uh, I think we can try and overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, just love someone where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Jesus does with us. He meets us where we are. He loves us through our mess. And through that, he sanctifies us to look more like him. And we get to be a part of that in other people's lives. And that is one of the most rewarding things yeah. ever. And so I am, you know, inspired by just hearing you talk about how simple it is Mm -hmm. to truly and genuinely make disciples in your life Mm -hmm. by just living your life for the Lord, praying, okay, God, like, who do you want me to talk to today? Like, who are you bringing in my life to Mm -hmm. share your goodness with? And that's what it's about. That's doing what like those people did for me Mm -hmm. when I first like got to the CrossFit gym, like all they did was like encourage me. Like, and yeah. I remember that so much. Mm-hmm. Like, these people, just by saying something encouraging, that is discipling. That is, yeah. like, that it, people make it so complicated. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's just living intentionally yes. with, with your life. Yeah. 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 Um, also, Coastal has allowed me to... Um, we haven't done it since the pandemic, mm. but um, there's a group of women that comes from Ada House. Mm-hmm. It's a um, drug and alcohol recovery ha- house. Yeah. And they come in on Sundays and um, listen to the sermon. And then after I get to spend an hour with them mm. and um, kind of just tell them my story and... Um, kind of help them understand what the, the sermon means in recovery. Yeah. And, um, God, that is, that is like the light of my week mm. because I get to see over and over and over again, like, man, God, you did that for me, but <laughs> you keep doing it for all these women. And that's just, and I get to be on the front row to watch it. Yeah. Like, 
That is so cool. That is the coolest part about discipling people. Right. Like you get to see something like that. And it is the brightest, best thing Mm. this world could ever offer. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that you're so passionate about it because it shows how genuine you are being about this. You know, it is genuinely the best thing you can experience. And I love that this is coming from someone who like doesn't work on a church staff. Cause I feel like, you know, so many people can, can hear that from someone who works at a church and be like, well, yeah, it's your job. But like, this is genuinely your life. And I love that. It just reflects your love for the, for the Lord. And it reflects your love for other people. Aww. And that's what God calls us to do. He calls us simply to love him and love people. Yes. That's yeah. so amazing. I feel like I was, um, like the worst of these you know mm. and and what is that scripture that's like uh, uh-huh um I'm the least of all yes. of and the sinners or whatever Paul is saying that yes yeah and yeah like um the one that's been forgiven much loves much yeah like I feel that in my spirit yes. like God has who I am today is not me whatsoever. Mm. Like me was that girl that was wild and crazy, but like Jesus coming into my life, Mm. like that is like, I have to give him all the glory. Yeah. Yeah. He gave you a a completely new life. Death, death, walking death to life. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Almost quite literally. Yes. Yes. Well, Crystal, um, What's some encouragement or some advice that you would give to someone um, just to help them become a little bit more kingdom minded, Mm -hmm. um, more outward focused, and just to encourage them in leveraging just their life to helping other people know and follow Jesus? I think the best thing that you can do is to know that you need him Mm -hmm. to do it. Like, we can't do it. Like we need him for mm. everything. Yeah. And um, this world is not going to be forever. Yeah. Right. Like everybody comes to the end of their life. Right. And then there's eternity. Like, mm-hmm. and one day we're going to, you know, stand there in front of God and you will have the people that you know, you told about Jesus standing Mm. next to you, like worshiping God together. Like what greater a feeling. Like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I think that it is all about the Lord working through you. So obviously we can't do this. You know, the, the weight of changing someone's eternity isn't on us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's on him. Thank God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> thank goodness it's not. But yeah. like also how sweet a gift it is that God invites us into that. Yes. Yeah. And I am just so thankful that you have shared what God's been doing through you um, in all of these lives and in, in the Ada woman's life and the people that you meet at your gym Um And it's really a testament to this is God's journey. Like this is him building his kingdom. And I'm just going to simply say yes to him using me to do it. Which is what making disciples is. Oh, I love that. Yes, (laughs) I know. And sometimes it's kind of scary, but like 
um, what is the scripture? Yes, Lord, send me. Here I am. Yes, Lord, send mm-hmm. me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just saying that sometimes is scary, but. It is scary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Some of the things that he wants to send you to do, you're like, hmm, I don't know if I really want to do that. (laughs) So here we go. But here we go. We're going to do this. We're going to walk in obedience. Um, Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share about your story or about what you've experienced God doing through you or anything else? Um. I just want to encourage people out there that like feel like maybe they're um, just too broken or too dirty or, you know, to just give God a chance. Like Mm. he will do so much in your life. Like so incredible what he's done for me and my family. And um, yeah. And if you need anybody, call me. <laughs> yeah, reach <laughs> out go. to me. Yes. <laughs> there she goes again, offering yes. her life <laughs> up to people. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that it's just it's just such a part of who you are. Well, <laughs> it's God in me for sure. It's right. not me. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. This has been amazing. I know it's definitely emotional to talk about, but this has been so encouraging. So thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I <laughs> love talking about it. Yeah. What an amazing, powerful story that Crystal has. And man, what a testament to how God turns lives around. I'm so thankful for the redemption that she has found. And I know that it is really hard to talk about your past. Uh, So I'm so thankful that she's obedient to the Lord to share that with people. What I really love about Crystal's story, and I think that you can hear it when she's talking, she genuinely loves God and she genuinely loves people. And she is excited to share that. She is excited to share the gospel with people. She is excited to enter into people's lives, to love them and to be an encouragement in someone else's life. Uh, She really highlights the fact that making disciples isn't a complicated process. It's everything we've been talking about. It's entering into someone's life. It's opening up your life to someone. It's getting into the nitty gritty. It's loving them well. And I think that Crystal really, really loves people well um, and is a great example. And so if anything, I hope that Crystal's story shows you that disciple making can happen and should happen in the real world. And I say in the real world because I think it's really easy to think that disciple making is something that happens within the walls of the church, but it happens everywhere. But I would argue that it needs to happen outside the walls of the church even more because there's a whole lot more people outside the church than there are inside the church. So guys, I want to encourage you Uh, If you have stuck with us this entire season, let's get to it. Let's start making disciples where we live, work, and play um, because we get a front row seat to what God is doing. He is raising up his kingdom, whether we're a part of it or not. So let's get on board and let's start winning people to Jesus. So that's it for season two of the Abide podcast. 
It has been so much fun. And thank you guys for coming on the journey with me. Thanks for listening in every single week. And we're going to be coming back with season three starting in summer. Uh, So that's going to be coming the first of June. And you are not going to want to miss our summer series. I am so excited about it. It is going to be a little bit more theologically based. And we're going to be rooted more in the scriptures as we are going to be going through the meta-narrative of the Bible. That is the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. What is the Bible about? What story does it tell? So guys, even though we're going to take a small break, we're going to be back and we're going to be talking about some theological stuff. And that's my favorite stuff to talk about. So uh, make sure to join us in summer in June. Subscribe to the Abide podcast so that you don't miss when that season airs. And I hope you all have a really great rest of your day. Have a great rest of spring. And we'll see you guys in June.